Welcome back to the Flawless Takes Podcast, the podcast that loyally supports the playoff-bound New York football giants every week. We never doubt them here, folks. I'm your host, Christian Miola. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Chris Landera. Chris, how are you doing today? How am I doing today? What 2023, what a year. Your New York football giants have qualified for the National Football League playoffs. Somehow, some way, we never gave up. We it was uh, a, quite a grind of a season. Uh, a lot of a lot of close, low scoring games for the Giants, but mission accomplished. Uh, pop the champagne bottle because uh, we will be r- ready to go. Wild card weekend, and uh, I think when we started uh, the podcast season two um, in August. That was probably a bit of a pipe dream. You know, we we kind of were saying, oh, just get us on that uh get us on that graphics list of the of the teams trying to trying to get in, maybe two or three games back. But one game to go, we're already qualified, baby. I mean, love, big praise to Brian Dable. It's crazy. Uh, you know, because it's been said that, you know, oh, the first playoff since 2016. I feel like just taking a, a more sort of top-down look people forget the first half of the last decade was also bad for the most part other than you know after we won the super bowl in 2012 yeah like those last few coughlin years were very bad like people forget i feel like and so it's really been a pretty prolonged stretch of just awfulness you know obviously the last five years have been the the headlines of that but it's just been a rough decade um for this giants organization and to come into this year with a brand new regime, uh, brand new coaching staff, but largely the same players, right? Like, I mean, there's a few contributors here and there that have, have come out um, that were brought in, Jihad Ward, you know, the draft picks this year, uh, you know, Isaiah Hodgins, you know, these guys that have sort of come in and, and chipped in, but it's mostly the same talent level as we've had in the past. And here we are, you know, locked into the sixth seed, um, with uh, a bye week, I guess we'll talk yeah, about basically. how we're going to treat this. But um, with a you know a week uh, eighteen, I'm still not used to saying that game. That you know doesn't matter one way or the other because we're in the playoffs and we're locked in. So uh, pop those bottles, uh, celebrate a little bit. It was a great way to start the year, and you know my the best part about it for me was like we beat the shit out of the Colts. You know, yeah. like it wasn't like one of these games where it's, you know, 19 to 16 and we squeak it out and, you know, we need some things to happen the last five minutes to make, you know, get the win. It was, uh, it seemed like a, an old school, just beat down of the likes. We haven't seen the giants do too many of these, uh, you know, this year and in the last few. So that was great. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Colts are clearly a bad team, maybe on form, the, the worst team in the NFL right now that they're probably even playing worse than the Texans. Um, but you know what? The, the, the Giants did what you're supposed to do against bad teams is beat them down. And, and that was kind of like one of the big knocks against all, uh, against us all year. It was like, we're playing an easy schedule and just sliding by these teams kind of mm-hmm. 20 to 18. I was like, well, you got matched up with a bad one at home. Uh, and uh, we took advantage of that. Beat them down 38-10. Huge, huge day for Daniel Jones. Um, only five incomplete passes. 177 yards. The yardage total is never huge, but also 91 yards on the ground. So that combined is, is like basically you're looking at 200, 270 yeah. yards of total offense. Like 
he he played uh, very well, and um, yeah, uh, it, his accuracy was is, was really on display. I thought he was just putting the ball on people. Um, you know, dis- decision making fantastic. I I had if I had one complaint about this game, mm. I felt um, I did not like Mike Kafka's play calling towards the end. They um, when the game was already decided in the fourth quarter, they kind of kept doing a lot of those read options that had him, you know, rolling out and yeah. off of the exposed ball, exposed hits you know, like, and he, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like real, like late in the game, it's just like, why are we not just running Gary Brightwell up the middle at this point? You know, the game yeah. was over. But they were they were on their backup quarterback down twenty eight points. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I but I mean, overall, I want to keep it positive. I just wanted to, to kind of file that like one one complaint I had. I got a little upset about that because I think he. The game was already decided, and he like slid, and like a Colts player kind of like threw a forearm at his head. And I'm just like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, it, he, yeah. he probably shouldn't have even been in the game at that point. Yeah, look, look at look at us worrying about Daniel Health's uh, well being and health. You know, that, Daniel Jones. That, that's not something I felt week one when I was like, hey, if they kill Daniel Jones this season, you know, what am I to do? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess. Less funny these days with players dropping dead on football fields, I guess. Yes, but sir. yeah, in general, the I think the the noise around Daniel Jones, the, the and it, you know he came out of the game and got the you know the chance of his name. Like you think about it, this is year four here, and he has not had any moments really. You know, no. and he he's he finally got one. He had a couple it, big games here or there in his first three seasons, but they were very isolated against bad teams when. And the they season never was really already lost. Anything, they, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, the like, season was already lost. And he threw yeah. for 330 yards against the Lions. You know, like, yeah. it wasn't <laughs> anything to get too excited about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was great. Great day on Sunday. Bright day at, at uh, Giant Stadium. Yeah. LT and, in the house. I love LT. Yeah. <laughs> LT, great Twitter and, presence, LT. He's really got the format nailed. Wasn't that such an LT time to like appear at the stadium too? I mean, I don't, I don't know if it was like the Giants give a call, but it was just like, hey, LT, we're trying to clinch the playoffs against a horrible, against a yeah. horrible Colts team. It's fifty-five degrees out in January. We got a packed house. Like, yeah. Yeah, LT will be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he delivered. So no, it was great. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and it, you know, it's just a feel good win and a low stress win, which we deserve, yeah. you know, just like to see your team win a, a game against an inferior opponent and just take them to the woodshed was a, a ton of fun. Um, Daniel Jones, as you said, excellent. You know, we can talk about the lack of, um, you know, prolific, uh, numbers in terms of yards per attempt and yard, yards per reception and, and like the things that people look at when evaluating elite quarterbacks, which is all fine. But, you know, with the skill, with the group he has around him and what he's asked to do, he is playing as well. He's, he's played as a giant, no doubt right now. He is really feeling it, which is great. Um, and for that, we, you know, we got to you know, big up the coaching staff here. I mean, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think this was possible, honestly. Like, you know, forget making the playoffs, but just like the rejuvenation of Daniel Jones and what they've done for him and, and you know, where it now seems like a fait accompli that he's going to be coming back as, as the, the Giants starter, uh, you know, going to get a deal. Yeah, yeah right. That was they, the big announcement before the game, right, that the Giants are, are said they're going to offer deals to DJ Saquon. Now they haven't said 
what those what those those numbers are going to be, but they had at least said like there will be an offer made to, to yeah. each of them. It'll be very interesting on both accounts because they're very interesting test cases, um, you know, for various reasons. And we'll we'll spend some of the off season talking about it. But like, you know, what where those numbers end up, and like the duration for Saquon in particular is of greatest interest to me. Like, if hey, if you can get him on a two or three, like a two or three year deal, great. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I don't want to be giving big money, you know, down to a, a 26 year old running back in under any circumstances. So if you get him on the Nick Chubb deal for two years or three years, that's fine. But I don't want to pay him Christian McCaffrey money, you know, so I think, we'll you know, see. one thing that we have, one thing that the Giants have working in their favor and and us as fans have working in our favor, wanting to, to get them under a more cap friendly deals is I think they want to be on the Giants both both players I think they like living and playing in New York so I don't know and I think they both are big fans of Brian Dable and Brian Dable is a big fan of them so um yeah maybe they uh maybe we get a uh, a little hometown discount on both of them yeah we'll see or maybe we'll pay through the nose <laughs> yeah yeah although it, Joe it, Shane doesn't seem like the type of guy who would do that no, he doesn't. He seems pretty, um, you know, reasonable. So we'll see. I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, you know, Shane gets some credit here too. I, I mean, the the roster is what it is, but I think he's done an admirable job of sort of improving it at the margins where he could. Yeah. Um, you know, like I Isaiah said, more Hodges. than admirable. Admirable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the. Contributions we're getting from guys just like walking it off the street, you know the the uh, Isaiah Hodges of the world, the um, uh, the Moreaus of the world in, in in the secondary, the uh, the Jalen Smiths uh, linebacker. I mean, it, he really found some guys who were not playing at the time and ended up being major contributors. Jalen Smith was the was our leading tackler uh, against the Colts. On Sunday, he uh, was not on a team, <laughs> uh, probably like four or five weeks into the season. So, yeah. um, what, what about Landon Collins? There's another one. Yeah. Pick six. Pick six. That was a great moment. <laughs> I was so happy it for was. him, honestly. Me too. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, I mean, those sort of those sort of moves have seemed to work, and, and they've worked in conjunction with the coaching staff that – seems to have a plan for people, you know, that that's the key. It's one thing to bring someone in, but to coach them up and integrate them in the system um, and, and have a defined role for them that um, you know, that's, that's been the difference here. It's just obvious we're in good hands. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but just feels like an organization going in the right direction here. If you think about, you know, I know the schedule is going to get harder. Some things will regress. They've Mm -hmm. probably gotten lucky in statistical ways, but you know, you just think about this roster and what they've been able to do with it as you go through a few seasons of drafts and free agent cycles, like what is this going to look like? You know, and I think the models are out there. You know, you can look at the Eagles and what they've done the last few years, um, you know, as a potential, uh, you know, example of something that, you know, a path we could be headed on. You know, I mean, is Jalen Hurts like that much better? than Daniel Jones from a talent perspective, you know, like if he's a, 
you know, I, I don't know if he, if he's an eight, Jones is probably seven point five. Like it's not. Yes, right. I, I it's think, not um, heads and shoulders difference as, there. As the as the season has gone along, it, it feels like Daniel Jones is just getting better and closing that gap a little, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and right. I, that's the other thing I know is like the team has definitely gotten better in different yeah. ways. I know they've lost a lot of games second half, but that was largely due to you know just regression and you know, schedule and things like that. But, um, you know, I think they're, they're more capable than they were. They're certainly less mm-hmm. gimmicky. Um, you know, so it's, it's exciting just to see the growth over the course of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the other thing that's exciting is that we have a, a, a symbiotic relationship between the head coach and the GM for the first time in a long mm-hmm. time where it really felt like with Gettleman running things that, he was a bit detached from, from the head coach. I, I, yeah. Obviously I'm saying that as like a fan, just looking from the outside in, but you can see, I mean, Joe Shane is down on the sidelines, like hugging Dable after like, the yeah. wins. you did not, you did not see that uh, under the Gettleman tenure. Uh, there seems to be a, a relationship and some kind of friendship there. Mm-hmm. Does that really mean anything in, in the grand scope of things? No, but I think it, there's, there's something to saying that they're both very much on the same page. They're, they're um, probably in agreement a lot of times on identifying players that are going to work in the giant system. And that's mm-hmm. only going to be great for us, you know? So, um, you, you know, just, I mean, hats off to them. Unbelievable job. We probably could have won six or seven games this year. And you know what? We, me and you would probably be satisfied with that. We'd be like, okay, hey, we're heading yeah. in the right direction. Right. And they took it to a whole nother level, so. Yeah, absolutely. And let's look ahead a little bit. So let's play the game. Next week, in a weird sort of confluence of events, Giants don't need the game. Eagles yeah. do, right? Like, yeah. you know, Eagles playing for the bye. Eagles playing for a bye, and that matters. There's only one to go yeah. around. Like, let's, you know, you want to get that bye. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Um, so – I would expect, and based on the line, which I think was 13 or 14, it seems like everyone expects the Giants to play pretty conservatively. Um, you know, just looking at history, the Bills, where Dable comes from most recently, of course, when they've been in a clinch situation the last couple of years, um, they have played it pretty safe, treated it like a preseason game. So I would expect that as well. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I always think of the, the I was just saying, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I, I think that I, I'm of two minds, you know, I want it both ways, yeah. but I, I think the, the prudent thing really, I, I don't think there's enough to win here, um, to, to play out and go all out. Like the, the one thing in my head was like, this team beat the shit out of us. Um, it would be good to go out there and compete and play better, hopefully. And you can sort of build off of that for the playoff game. If you say, Hey, you know, there's nothing, you you know, we shouldn't be afraid of anybody. Um, You know, you think of course, to the, Classic Giants Pats. That's the thing, guys. The Giants game. fan, don't you think back to 2007? Yeah, of course. The game? Of course. You, you know, know, the, that, you know that famously set us off on, on our run. Yeah, you know, famously sort of set us off. So um, that that sort of comes into my head. I just, with the longer season and 
the reliance we have on a few guys if something happened to Jones or Saquon, like right. it's over, yeah, you know, yeah, you're cooked. Yeah, yeah. So it just seems like we're super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm sort of leaning towards resting it, but I don't know. What do you, what are you thinking? Um, I think anyone who is, would be going into the game considered questionable or who's like nursing an injury and is a, is a first team player should sit. So Adoree should sit. Uh, Lenny should, should sit. Uh, Saquon should sit definitely. Um, I'm more on the fence about DJ playing. Um, it, it would probably have to be like game plan based. Like I'm not calling a lot of the plays that I called against the Colts, where he's where he's like pulling the ball from the from the running back's uh, stomach and taking off with it. Um, I, I but I, I'm not against him sitting either. I, I really. I just I want a spirited effort though. Like I want to, no matter who's playing, like I want to bring it to the Eagles because like I have not forgotten about Nate Sudfeld being put in the game with their stupid fucking trust the process shit that they did to us a couple years ago. And and, and hey, we didn't have a great team, but like we were, it would have been great to. It's great to make the playoffs. It's great to be playing Wild Card Weekend. The Eagles decided to pull Jalen Hurts put in a guy who had no business being in an NFL game and it ended up uh, costing us. And you know what? I, you know, like I went, I didn't like the Eagles before that and I want payback. So I, I don't, I don't like the thought of just like taking a knee and losing this game, like 42 to seven. I don't, you know, like, and I also think that doesn't, it's not great for team morale. Even, even if you're playing like mostly backup players and you just get your teeth kicked in. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I don't want to get like just completely rolled over in this game. Um, yeah. That being said, I, I, I don't know how to balance it though. Right. I like... know. I know. And, and if, and if you get a starter hurt in this game, you look like a fool and everyone's, and everyone's pointing and say, you shouldn't have played any of them. So yeah, it's a, it's one of the tougher um, situations like a head coach has to deal with, really. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's a tricky one. Because, um, I mean, you can't sit everybody, right? Like, you know, yeah. you, you have to play people. You mm-hmm. have to you – know, football's a very difficult, violent sport. You, you know, you don't – you can't bring out 22 backups. You don't, I don't even know if you have 22 backups technically, right? right? So, I don't know. Like, like, is Daniel Bellinger, would he sit? Right. Yeah. I mean, probably I, should. Probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> they cut uh, Chris Myrick uh, last week. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so they're a little thin in the generic white, stiff, tight end uh, department. So, we'll have to see. I mean, can... that tells you Bellinger's ready to go, though, you know? Like yeah, he's 100% they're, they're not worried about He's fine. He's, yeah. he's, he's good. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean... Gable's been pressing all the right buttons, so we'll see what he does. Yeah, we we put his we put our faith in him. Absolutely. So we're probably going to play the Vikings. We'll talk more about it next week. I think mm-hmm. I saw somewhere it's like a ninety one percent chance. The only yes, way we yeah. don't is if the Vikings lose. Vikings win, Niners. Niners lose to the Cardinals. Yeah, which is not. Oh yeah, Vikings win, Niners lose to the Cardinals. That's it. Um, and the Cardinals have lost like I think eight straight or something like they are they're they're on their second or third string quarterback like it's pretty dark yeah it's it's bad bad over there um so that's a winnable game right like the vikings i we almost beat them a week ago so 
I mean, if you have your choice between the Vikings and San Fran, you're you're going yeah. Vikings, right? Like I, the the 49ers defense has the potential to just overwhelm us. Um, so we went toe to toe with the Vikings in many, and uh, we didn't come out. With, and it's also all it's very hard to beat a team twice in the season, and they beat us the first time. So um, they got injuries on the offensive line. Our strength is defensive line. So yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of positives to that. I I don't think the line would be. At this moment, I don't think the line would be more than three points with us playing at Minnesota. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I don't think Vegas likes Minnesota. That's one of the reasons, right, yeah. for sure. They definitely don't. But, um, you know, I think – They have it, a negative point differential. Which is their crazy. Yeah, <laughs> they're 12-4. and four. It's insane. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Let's see. You know, the, the NFC all of a sudden just looks real wide. It's always been wide open, I guess, but like mm-hmm. the, with the Eagles sort of. Yeah, the Hurts, here. the Hurts injury, Jimmy G done on yeah. the Niners. So they're, yeah. start, they're starting a rookie who's like played well, but they're still like going to be starting a rookie. Yeah, so playoff. Brock Purdy in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. come on. You know, that, that I know they've got a legit D and they've, they've got some yeah. players, but. You know, we've seen this before. That that usually doesn't yeah. work out when you have some guy no one's heard of, you know, eight weeks prior starting in the playoffs. Um, yes. So we'll see. You know, who cares? We're having this is For, this, that, that, that's the thing. This is the one of the greatest house money seasons the Giants have ever had. Mm-hmm. We're on like the first year of a brand new coach NGM coming off just years and years of darkness somehow out of nowhere they get us to a winning record into the playoffs and we're playing a a a team that's probably not as good as their record yeah if if we win hey fantastic we lose great we're 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 on to year two and we're excited about it so yeah it's 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 a it's a it's a fairly good time to be a giants fan i'd say yeah no we're we're feeling good uh we've got everything we wanted out of this year and more Mm -hmm. as you said so um, exciting times. We'll take a break. We're going to come back with a couple moments uh, on some U.S. men's national team news. All right, we'll talk to you in a minute. All right, and we are back. False Takes Podcast, segment two. Greg Berhalter, U.S. men's national team coach. It's been a weird few weeks since the end of the World Cup for this man. Um, his contract ran out, and there was, like, no statement from U.S. soccer, which is weird. Um, and then we got a little bit of an insight into why, because they have apparently been uh, conducting an investigation into Greg centered around an incident from the early 90s, I think 91, 92, when he was a freshman in college and apparently uh, did some sort of kick, kicked his wife. And now the report I read, described kick, well, she's his wife now. At the time, they were 18-year-old uh, boyfriend, girlfriend in college. Um, there was an incident, it sounds like, where he kicked her in the legs, it was described. You know, that could mean a, a whole lot of different things. It's hard to sort of interpret that. Um, but basically this investigation spurred on by a tip about a month, you know, three or four weeks ago with this information, which is so random, um, has led to more 
sort of investigations within U.S. soccer and different reports about his conduct as coach over the last few years. So it's just this weird spot with Greg Berhalter right now. Um, Not quite sure how to interpret it, but it seems like he's got some enemies in the organization. That would be my interpretation, number one. Um, But it, you know, not a, not must have some advocates as well, because this didn't lead to like an immediate dismissal or anything. It just seems like U.S. soccer is taking their time with this. It's a very weird sort of dynamic right now. It, it, it is a bizarre situation. Just to like where we started off with Greg Berhalter following the World Cup. There seems to be a some type of power struggle maybe you would call it between him and Claudio Reyna going on going on right now where he didn't he did not play Gio Reyna during the World Cup and so that brought questions from a lot of people saying like is that is this because there's some problem with the relationship between those two because uh, Claudio Reyna is, is is a famous US men's soccer player yeah. he, sure he's probably the has, best player of his generation and I yes. think most people agree I'm sure has his backers who who are high up in in the in the world of of U.S. soccer. Mm-hmm. So that that has been going on in the in the background. We've had um, pretty much silence on uh, from from U.S. soccer on what is happening with Greg Berhalter. Is he being extended or not? His contract ended New Year's Eve. So as of now, he I think he's out of contract with the U.S. But now we have this story that's been just kind of dug up out of nowhere, and I, I'm not um, I'm, I'm not saying it happened or it didn't, but it, the timing of it seems very strange. Where it's like everyone's waiting to see if Greg Verhalter is going to be extended or not, and then all of a sudden the U.S. U.S. Soccer just drops this social media post today. Oh yeah, by the way, we're investigating Greg Verhalter for a domestic violence incident in 1991. It's like what? Like I, I it just the, the handling of all this by U.S. soccer is like, just seems like so. It's such a train wreck, isn't it? Like, yeah, it, I, I just, I, I, I mean, just it, it's. I don't know. I, I just, it just doesn't not sitting right with me. Um, I, I, I don't, and now I'm like very confused as to whether or not U.S. soccer wants Greg Berhalter to stay on as as manager or not because. Before this story dropped, I I thought that he was going to be extended, and and it felt like they're they're kind of just like waiting for the fire of the Gio Reyna situation to be extinguished, so they could just go ahead with this contract extension. But then out of nowhere today, this this story drops that a uh, he's he's being investigated for this for, uh, this incident from when he was in college, and and now I don't know what to think. It, it, the whole thing just looks like a mess. Yeah, it, it's very weird. Like I said, like if you're going to release something like this, it has to come with more than it has to come with more meat. I don't know. Like, is there a decision? It just seems mm-hmm. so bizarre how they they've released this information. This has all come out, and then they're just like, "Yeah, and we're still trying to figure it out, guys. We'll let you know." Okay, right. interesting. Um, you know, we'll see how that works out, but like. I, I, I don't know uh, the validity of the uh, of these accusi- accusations. We have no idea about. But it's like if if these are being brought about because you don't want Greg Berhalter to 
continue on as manager of the U.S. men's national team, you don't have to do it this way. Like he was, he was out of contract. Like you, you could move on from him. I don't, I don't. It's just uh, the timing of everything is very strange. Yeah, it's nah. it, it's weird. And like like you said, like I mentioned, this is this just seems like U.S. soccer is. is I feel like this happened with Klinsman. Uh, with Bob Bradley, right. like, you're right. It, it was a similar situation with they, the stuff between Klinsman and Landon Donovan came yeah. up that they, they they don't like each other. And at that at that time, you know, Landon was kind of like a legend on his last leg. So it was like, okay, we got to we got to usher this German guy out of the way now because Landon doesn't like him. Yeah, yeah, and, and but all that came out, and like it took time, and it was ugly, and it. There's a U.S. soccer is not the best run organization. Let's Clearly, just put it that yes. way. Like, <laughs> it, that's an understatement. Yeah. There, there's a lot of uh, infighting and nepotism and, you know, back dealing, like all the things that you think of with like the worst of FIFA or the NCAA uh, or the IOC. You could probably apply on a smaller scale to the U.S. Soccer Federation. Um, and this is just another example of them seemingly just sort of. You know, airing their dirty laundry, but in a way that is so indecisive that it just yeah. leaves everybody sort of like, you know, saying, okay, well, now what? So, you know, it, it, in three months, this probably won't matter. They, they would have made a decision by then. We'll just move on. But it's just one of those weird things that, uh, you know, we talk about this, this organization a lot on here. I just think it's worth keeping an eye on for our, our loyal listeners out there. Right, I, yeah. Any other thoughts on uh, on this before we go? Um, I don't. I don't. Want to, I mean, we we said after the World Cup that we we'd be fine. We we both agreed we'd be fine moving on from Greg Berhalter. I was thinking maybe tonight we talk about possible replacements, but I don't think I want to do that until he's like completely out the door. It yeah, seems like it there is. there is still like a slight chance he may come back here. So. Well, let's see how this plays out. Um, you know, I, I think with the players that the uh, U.S. men's national team has, if we a, a capable manager to replace him, like we'll still be in a good place. So, I, I think this this situation is probably a lot worse for Greg Berhalter than it is for fans of the U.S. men's national team. I I think we'll be okay if if we move on from him. Yeah. All right. Well, we will keep our eyes on that story and anything else bubbling out of uh, U.S. soccer world. We'll definitely be back next week um, to talk Giants and uh, regular season wrap next week. Regular season wrap, you know, and uh, we'll play off preview. Oh, yeah. We can do it on this podcast. Didn't think we're going to get a chance. Thought we'd be doing our favorite 20 Simpsons episodes by this point (laughs) of the season or whatever. But we uh, we managed to avoid that. So nice job by us. And uh, we'll talk to you folks again next week. Take care. 